Hello and welcome to another thrilling episode of Security Views Radio, the only cybersecurity podcast that knows what actually happened to JFK. I am one of the hosts of this show, Adam Slater, and with me, as always, is the second host, John. John yes, and I actually do exactly what happened to JFK. I was there, actually. Yeah? I was there that day in Dallas. <laughs> um, I was uh, checking out a book from the library. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I have, I have, um, I went through a period where I read a lot about that, and that is a very, very crazy deep rabbit hole to go down. I, I know that this is shocking information for our listeners, but there are some wackos when it comes to that. Do you know who actually has tremendous insight on the topic of JFK and the assassination? Yeah. Is it, uh, many of us have seen the movie The, uh, the Irishman that mm-hmm. was on Netflix. If you read the book about that, they go into a lot of depth about the stuff that he saw and was involved with on the surface of, of that whole thing. And, um, and then if you overlay that with um, the movie... Uh, JFK by Oliver Stone, mm-hmm. um, you can start to bust apart. He might not have had that many conspiracy theories. Um, they definitely tell a compelling story in that book. I, it's, a, it's a very, very well-written book. It's not called The Irishman um, in a book form. In a book form, it's called I Heard You Paint Houses, mm. um, which is one of the lines from The Irishman, but it's, this basically was a reference to, you know, killing I, somebody. So I tried so hard to watch The Irishman. I think I started. I've seen the first fifteen minutes of The Irishman. I think probably like five or six times now. You are crazy. It is up there. It is no, no, ca- no. It is casino level. It, um, got Goodfellas level. I'm not. I am in no way saying that I thought that that fifteen minutes was bad. It was a very good fifteen <laughs> minutes. It's just that like it's that sixteenth minute. <laughs> minute. It falls apart. No, I I I just I go okay. I have to devote. What is it, like three hours? Three hours. Well worth yeah. every minute of it. Okay. I'll give it another go. I'll yeah, it it, another you go. may have to watch it twice, so you may be in for six hours because there's a <laughs> lot. There's a lot that takes place because it is it is it is detailed and up there and you yeah. have to keep names straight and everything like that. But okay. I, I highly, highly recommend the movie. Yeah, those those guys that group still has it. The Scorsese oh, yeah. the Scorsese De Niro uh, Pesci. Oh um, wait. I haven't seen the whole <laughs> oh whoa! I was thinking about a different movie. <laughs> what were you thinking about? I can't even remember it right now, but it's a it's also a great movie. But um, I can't remember it right now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just another movie? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, Jaws. It's a guy that he, I believe he's Irish. Okay. And he's just hard to kill. He's no, no. Well, we're talking about very different movies. Yes. Yeah, What's very the? Very different movies, but okay. But, but that movie is probably even better than the Irishman. I'll find it out. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's probably. <laughs> I, I well, saw like the first hour and a half of the Irishman, and then I fell asleep. It's no. it's just long. No. It's long. It's really good. Every part of it that I saw I was like, "This is really good," but it's just like, man, I got to get to bed at some point. <laughs> yes. Anyway, read. I heard you paint houses. Okay. If you're into this, you have not that you on your bookshelf. Don't I do. You? I love. Can it. I borrow I it? Book. Yeah. You okay. can Borrow. It's a great book. It's it's it's, it's a great book. It it's, it moves through it and gives you a lot of the history. Um. That takes place and what happened in Appalachia and, and stuff like that, which if you know mafia references, that was a big meeting. <laughs> so um, anyway, good stuff. I, I highly recommend it. And it's interesting, too, because it's from a Philadelphia mafia perspective, so a uh, different group than you typically see in movies, which yeah, is the New York contingents. New York and, and the f- different families there. Yeah. So. 
I know a lot on this topic. <laughs> I, I mean, we can start a mafia podcast. We can just do that. <laughs> Have you listened to The Sopranos? Speaking of, I know that's not real mafia, but um, The Sopranos podcast. Yeah. With, uh, the two fellows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've mentioned. Um, um, I was actually. Uh, no plug out there for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they need our help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening. So I think I've mentioned it on this show before. Um, I am pretty much constantly in a state of re-watching either The Sopranos or The Wire. Like, it's always about time for me to re-watch one of those. And typically, I just burn through the show. Like, I'll just have it on while I'm doing other stuff. But the Talking Sopranos podcast, so they do one episode a week. So that's actually had me, like, I've paced, I've paced out. So Is it in episode order? Mm-hmm. It's in order. Uh, so... The structure is... Because a couple of those guys die before the end, so they just never finished a podcast. They both die, don't they? They both die before the uh, end. Yeah, yeah, bo- both mm. spoilers for a 20-year-old television program. Um, yeah, both both Bobby Bacala and Christopher Moltisanti pass before the end of the show. So I do watch Blue, Blue Bloods, right? Blue did. Bloods, yeah, he's on there. Is so that good? He is terrific in it. Like, okay. He's one of the best parts of it. I just, okay. I just love that guy as an actor. Yeah, he's uh, fun. Yeah, Steve Sharipa. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's fun. Um, uh, yeah, but no, the the show is interesting because Steve Sharipa's character Bobby didn't even wasn't even on the show until season two. So and he's not even and even then he's only in like six of the ten episodes or something like that. He's not a regular until season three. So we're now into when both of them are just full firing on the show. So it's really interesting and they'll have like different um, people that are involved in the show, like different actors, writers, directors, and like um, like the, like the, they, they got like the casting director one time and it was just like it was fascinating. They, Come on. And they don't, the guests don't necessarily talk about the episode, just that episode. They'll just talk about like their role on the show, but then they do like a recap. So, so I'm going to give you a plug for another podcast that I'm listening to right now is Whistleblower. Anyway, one of the, they have a lot of people doing voices on Whistleblower, which is about a corrupt NBA. Okay. Uh, well, I don't want to say referee referees like the NBA's got some corruption going on. Is it like a, is it like a fictional? No, it's no, it's real. It's real oh, life. Okay. But anyway, what's his name? Steve Trippa. No, the other guy. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? You just Chris, said Christopher Moltisanti. Yeah, yeah my, uh, he's at Michael Imperioli. Michael Imperioli does some of the work on that oh, podcast, nice. and then they always plug the Sopranos podcast at the end of it. Yeah. But anyway, did you see the episode of The Office? Well, Michael Imperioli was the uh, instructor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very. They couldn't have given him a smaller part. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. That's what happens when Tony Tony lets you go. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I saw him. I saw him in something else at one point, and I don't. And I know it was him, and he was like, he wasn't even like physically present. Like they were watching something. And he was on the TV or something like that in some fake program. He wasn't even listed in the credits. And I was like, come on, you can do him dirty like that. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's an A, A-level no, actor. No. But uh, he was an extra in Bronx, in a, a Bronx Tale, too. So, uh, oh. But the he, kid who started in a Bronx Tale, who is the worst runner in the history of runners, uh, if you ever watch him run. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, I can mimic it. I'll go out inside and do that. Okay. <laughs> Run past other people at the voting place. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they should have given it to Michael Imperial. <laughs> what was it? Uh, 
was it? What? Goodfellas. He was in Goodfellas too. Yeah, I mean, he was in a lot of that. I mean, a lot of those guys were in a yeah, lot of this. Yeah, stuff. absolutely. I mean, there's only you know, you just go to the you go to Central Casting. You say you need some Italians. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 funny. Re- I, this is not a Sopranos podcast, but it's funny. Um, once you know all those people, the amount of references in the Sopranos to those other things, like there was a there's a moment where Christopher is late getting to the Bada Bing, and he walks in and he says, sorry I'm late, the highway was packed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive, which is a line from a Bruce Springsteen song. Stevie Van Zandt played guitar for Bruce Springsteen. He's in that scene. Like, he's in the room, and it's like, it's just so funny, like, like there's the musical references, and there's like references to Goodfellas, and like half of them were in that movie, and it's just I don't know. I I just I I I love it. I, I love yeah. it. So, anyway, uh, oh, the movie. Oh, the, the <laughs> kill the Irishman. That's the movie that I'm talking about. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Kill the Irishman. No, nope, never heard yeah. of it. Oh no. man, it's a great movie. What's it? It's about uh, longshoremen from Cleveland. <laughs> you got the wiki up, yes, don't you? I did. <laughs> And he's so hard to kill that um, there's many attempts at his assassination. Yeah. And it just shows how pretty much how he took down a lot of uh, the mafia in different cities. Hmm. Yeah. So. All right. You know, fellows, I do think we could get our own movie podcast going. As much as we talk of making movie <laughs> references around this. That's around true. Here. Yeah. That's true. All of our cybersecurity listeners have had now... <laughs> <laughs> have now unsubscribed and tuned into something else. Uh, well, I actually, I <laughs> yeah, we got all those movie. Posters. We got movie posters. Yeah. So speaking of cybersecurity, I guess we should talk a little bit about that. Um, <laughs> so I was actually thinking the other day. I was having a conversation with someone about a uh, particular product, and I'm not going to get too far into the details. Basically, it was hey, we're currently using this product and we want to replace it with this other product, but we don't have time to deploy the new product before the old one comes up for renewal. That's the short version of it. So they were willing to continue to use something that they knew didn't work instead of putting more time into getting a solution that actually would have worked for them. How often do you think you have this conversation? So no no lie, that is an amalgamation of like eight different stories that I've had in probably the past six months. I have the this burden, The burden all, cost to replace something all the time. inferior is too high. Or uh, something inferior or to just deploy a brand new solution where they don't have anything in place currently. Um, we see that a lot with like, I, I see it a lot with like, uh, multi-factor authentication and stuff like that. You know, just like, ah, we just, looks great. Sounds good, but just can't do it. Don't have time right now. So. Yeah. Um, I think people are afraid of a number of things. Do you think it's the, um, what do you think? Do you think it is the deployment time or the help desk time that's sure to follow? I think it's a combination thereof. I think, and, and, and by the way, I, I want to say that I, I, I totally sympathize. Like, I get it. Someone tells me, like, look, hey, man, I'm just totally, completely swamped right now. I, I understand that. 
Um, but I do. I think it's a combination of deploying and and you know whenever whenever you roll out a new product or service, not whenever, but a lot of times when you roll out a new product or service, like you you're, you're alluding to, John, it's not just rolling it out and setting it up for everybody. It's there's all there's going to be a, a whole bunch of back end work that then has to happen where your, like you said, help desk and, and troubleshooting and it didn't work perfectly for everybody, so we got to get that done. I, I think that the, I think it's a combination of both. I think people are worried about that. I always applaud certain organizations, um, some in healthcare, some in U.S. government. Um, Login.gov is an example of this, where they're willing to force their customers to use MFA in order to access the site. Yeah. Banks don't usually enforce this. They don't require it. But like if you sign up for certain certain healthcare companies, if you work with certain healthcare companies or you try to, uh, I'm in a process, as soon as I can get an appointment, I will be completed of getting my uh, global global entry done uh, where you can just walk through customs basically. Oh, okay. But I can't get an appointment. But to get into the website, you go to login.gov, it's username, password. Yeah. And multi-factor authentication code like there's right. not like a, they're forcing this in many situations yeah yet i find it astonishing how many companies don't force their internal resources to do this it, and, and i bet you if you were to dig into it many of those same companies are not doing it i know this because when i go to my doctor and he signs into the computer he know whip out his phone to get a six-digit <laughs> code right <laughs> he's not tapping approve on his watch yeah or anything like that. Occasionally, you might see a doctor scan your finger, but that's definitely not not required. And the dentist never locks your computer. I mean, you go well, you sit there at a dentist's office, man. You can <laughs> you can look at everybody's chompers. <laughs> everybody's chompers are right there, right there available. Um, and so I do often wonder why not require that. Why not force those certain MFA solutions, like you're saying, in, yeah. internally? And it always comes down to that time commitment. Let alone replacing a- antivirus software where you could have 100, 600, oh, yeah. 6,000 endpoints to touch. Yeah. Um, because good antivirus software is going to make it a little bit hard to get rid of. So, um, yeah. you know, you have to turn it off and remove the tamper protection kind of stuff. But I do find, I personally find people will swap out a firewall with little regard. They will swap out access points with little regard. But they won't apply security on access points. I think I think the the firewall is a little bit different because that's an afternoon. Like that's that's you know you can configure it and then you know you don't it doesn't have to be in line yet, right? Like you can configure it and then okay, I'm going to pick a time after hours and I'm going to swap it out. It so t- is there typically a- can go a lot quicker than like you were mentioning 600 endpoints or something. So is there a fear of the end user? Is there a fear oh, of absolutely. Betty and accounting not being able to work? Absolutely. Is there an incompetence on the help desk part? <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't put it up to that. I think that, I think that in general, um, you know, hu- humans, we, we are nothing if not creatures of habit. And we like the same thing for the most part. And we like knowing how things are going to work and 
um, not being surprised by things when I'm just trying to log into, log into the computer or log into a website or something like that. And when things are working and nothing is broken, for the end user, they're not seeing that kind of, they're not seeing what's not working behind the scenes or what the, or what the, 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 the downsides are. Um, I, think, I think there's a big fear of that. I think there's a big fear of that, you know, just being worried about like, ugh, all right, yeah, this is a better solution, but man, I'm going to get so many questions from people and, you know. I don't hear you do it anymore, but I, I, I used to get a little fussy like when password changes would happen or something like that or you couldn't get in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in all fairness, I don't think you were against the security. You just wanted it to work for you. Yes. And I think we, I think there's definitely a, a, an element of people that live in fear of their coworker. <laughs> you don't want to make somebody mad who you're yeah. going to lunch with, right? Right. Yeah. And, um, but I've never, and, and, and I will insult your profession here. I've never seen people uh, with 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 more lack of understanding than uh, salespeople. Hmm. It's in ones that sell it. I'm not saying you specifically, but I often find it amazing how how cybersecurity salespeople are so lost when it comes to cybersecurity on their own devices. Mm. When it comes to deploying that, they get very upset if they can't get to their information. And they really would like to remove all security so they can get to it quickly. Right. Sell, sell, sell. Sell, yeah. sell, sell. I mean, you'd, you'd think they were all heart surgeons. And that the, 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 the blood type is in that computer, and you better right. be able to get to it real quick. And, I, I mean, I, I see similar things in accounting. I see, I see yes, men and people pleasers who want to make people happy and will click on attachments and open things mm-hmm. just to make sure that it wasn't legit. It may not be legit, but i got to check. Uh, <laughs> I got to infect my computer to see. Yeah. And so internal IT teams spend a lot of time, and uh, security teams spend a lot of time kind of like cleaning up that stuff or, yeah. or, or tr- tracking that down and then trying to raise awareness training. It's very difficult because so many people rely on insecure things. And I've always said this. This is always something I've said. I will repeat in here. Um why does Amazon send such poor emails that make you click on something to see what shipped? Have you seen these emails? Think about the emails you get from Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, your order of Stevia and six other items shipped. Click here to view the tracking information. Yeah. That's the same trick attackers use. Why not just right. list it out? Yeah. So it was. And in my case, we have family, you know, I have, I have family members. So if I see a book shipped, I may not have ordered the book, but I'm going to go ahead and click on it because I don't know what my wife ordered. Right. <laughs> I I swipe away all of my Amazon shipping notifications and then just go into but the app. But most people oh, don't. Oh, no, absolutely. Right. And why not? Why can't they? Are, are they limited on the number of characters they can send? Because why not just send me everything that shipped? Why hide that information? Why does this and two other items thing? It's a trick to get me to go back to the site. But as a result, they are enabling phishing attacks to be a little more successful. They are. I I will fault them for that in a lot of these other e-commerce stores. I will not fault the ones that send me the full list of everything in order to send it. I also feel, phishing ran for a second here, that there should be a way to mask our actual email addresses when we're interacting with these stores. 
So one of the great inventions out there is um, Apple Pay and websites that can use Apple Pay. You mm -hmm. just go to the website and you click Apple Pay. But in the process, if you do it, you're disclosing your email address. And it may not be the email address that you want to use for shopping. It may just be your good email address that you yeah. use for Apple. It doesn't let you really swap that quickly, and you can definitely make a mistake. Yeah. Anyway, that's my fishing <laughs> departure rant over why people don't. <laughs> I don't know what made me. No, think I, I don't know what made me think of that. I got in a rant about people opening up invoices from the county. Well, no, I mean, again, I think it's, I think it all ties together, though, John. I mean, we're we're looking at, and we're talking about time, right? Like, essentially, our, not essentially, our everyone's most valuable resource, and, you know, when, it takes more time for me to make my purchase at Amazon or whatever it is. I resent that. I need it to be fast. I need it to be easy. And for a lot of people, um, that might be worth giving someone their email address that they don't necessarily the want to. The worst thing that you can do, though, in security and in business is operate in a re reactionary mode. I mean, if, you're, if the fire alarm goes off, the building's on fire, react, get out of the building. It's a very clear-cut yeah. thing. You don't want to put in an MFA solution as a reaction to people breaking into your Office 365 account. I have a call on this actually t today, and somebody needs to put in MFA. He just wants to turn it on for everybody because they've had Office 365 break-ins happen. Right. And it's like trying to slow, okay, slow down a second. We told you you needed MFA a long time ago. Now you're freaking out. And now what you're going to do is you're going to flip it on, but then you're going to not have a strategy in place for your MFA deployment that's going to encompass Office 365 and other things. Right. So it's sort of like trying to get people to say, no, 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 that's not the way to do it. Right. Well, that's just easier. So I can just hit this button, and it's like, whoa. Right. <laughs> Because if you go forward with this, you're then going to have to reteach them later on with, an, with a single solution, or they're going to have two solutions. Like having a strategy and a plan in place is mm -hmm. important and, and, and necessary in order to have successful security deployments of any type of cybersecurity solution, whether it's MFA or anything. Mm -hmm. And when we worry about time, we worry about having issues, it's because we're often just wanting to roll everything out at once. Yeah. The solution to rolling out, you know, AV or something may, may not be to buy 6,000 licenses today. It may be to buy 300 or yeah. 3,000 and do this over a two-year period. Transition something over yeah. if you don't have the resources. The solution is to never stay where you are if you're not getting the performance that you want mm -hmm. because then a solution is, well, I would do nothing. Well, the larger the organization, the longer the deployment time. It could take six months a year to get everybody transitioned. There's never a clean way to transition that many users over. There's never a no. way to just deploy MFA in a click of a button. You have to have a, a strategy and a plan in place to do it. And I find that the biggest struggle companies have is a lack of strategy when it comes to rolling out cybersecurity solutions or any software solution. Yeah. Why don't people use do Windows patching on a regular basis? Well, I'm worried something's going to happen. The solution is to do nothing right. and to stay in that less secure position versus doing something to move towards a more secure position. 
Well, maybe you don't roll out patches on Wednesday after they come out on Tuesday. Maybe you roll them out in two weeks from Tuesday. Well, at least then you've got some process in place right. yeah, that you're structure. giving it a couple weeks for them, for the bugs in that. Let other people be the guinea pigs and the cowboys on that deal and, <laughs> and, and take the arrows. And, and, but, move, but you're still moving towards a more secure position. It doesn't have to be all in one. Every time we do a, a change here in some program we're testing or rolling out or expanding the test, it's always by group and department. Yeah. Okay, the test group was fine. We're not seeing anything issues. Now to slightly widen the net a yep. little bit. I would never tell somebody to view an antivirus product, buy it, and roll it out all at once before you ever do some type of controlled experiment. We should sell a lot more five user licenses around here that we don't. Yeah, it's probably we should do a lot more five user MFA rollouts that we don't. Yeah. It would be a lot more successful, and you would be able to work through the problems. I'm testing something now. It's a new product that we launched, and I'm in a process of testing and rolling out. And I'm sitting there seeing every day I've got three more things I have to do to get this to work. Yeah, but I'm not trying to do it for all of our customers at once. I'm saying, okay, I've got these three hurdles. How do I do it? It's going to take me four times as long as it'll take me to do it for a customer. I'm documenting it. I'm 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 out there taking the arrows, so the people that come behind me who are going to roll this out to customers won't take those arrows. Yeah. And that's what a, a strategy and deployment looks like. It's always messy in the beginning. We've yeah. been talking about our fitness journey here lately. How was that first time you went back to the gym, and what did that look like? Did you look like a like a, a injured duck flopping around on the side of the road, or did you look like somebody who is part of CrossFit Games? Yeah. Right? No, you look like the duck. But eventually, you start to look more and more of the part, and eventually, your network will start to be more and more secure. It's yeah. about having a plan and a strategy, but starting from where you're at. Because what's going to happen next year? If if let's say you're like, oh, I'm a month out from my renewal, and I don't want to, I don't want to make a change that quick. I don't have time. Right. So what month should I contact you next year? Yeah. <laughs> and I bet you that month they're going to say, well, I'm going to get to it when it's closer to the date. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you're a government in North Carolina, and let's say your antivirus renewal is in uh, August. Well, um, your government budget kicks in on July 1st. So are you going to tell me a month out that you can't do it again next year? <laughs> right. And right. then, but but you can't buy it in May because you don't have the budget until July. Right, <laughs> something's got to give at some point. You've got to have a plan. Yeah, I agree. All right, yeah, we'll uh, we're gonna take a quick break here, but we'll pick this back up when we come back. Thank you. Multi-factor authentication, SIM, crook, firewalls, deep packet inspection, penetration testing. 8021X, Application Control, IPS, IDS, Not Petcha, Content Filtering, WPA3. Cybersecurity is complicated, but we simplify it. Contact us at 888-897-9680 or online at jscmgroup.com. Again, that's 888-897-9680 or online at jscmgroup.com. Com. 
And we're back. Thank you all for uh, sticking with us and joining us. Um, uh, we are still going to be talking about sort of the time investment that goes into launching any new security product and you know how that how that really affects our businesses and how that affects buying choices. You know, I'm always I'm always interested to because in my head, you know, I always I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, that's just sort of my default position. Like, all right, yeah, they're, they are super busy. Uh, but I, sometimes I do wonder how much of it is uh, the New Year's resolution syndrome, right? Like every year we always say, like, this is the year that I finally finish my stamp collection. Or this is the year I start working out. Or this is the year that I stop drinking or whatever it is. And then we, we always find an excuse, to not do it, and and that's why the like, birthday party on, G- on January fourth. I got right. a little crazy. Like, oh well, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, uh, what what do they have? Dry January is is that's a thing. That's a thing that be, there's. Do dry, people become dr- alcoholics? <laughs> no, no. There's dry January, and I've also heard of sober October. Um, for like these months that October, I don't know why you would pick like. A, if you're an adult, like, what else are you doing on Halloween? Speaking of months, are you fellas uh, growing out your mustache? Isn't November a mustache month? I mean, I'm already pretty. No, but you got to tr- keep the beard trimmed to keep the mustache going, I think. No, I would look like a doofus. Just, no. just not the, no. the uh, uh, handlebar. Handlebar. <laughs> <laughs> you know where this could go, but we're not. Gonna <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not growing that out. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've I've always interested in that, like that phenomenon of like, okay, this is my start date, and I think I think I figured it out. I, I like in my head, I think I've got it. Um, I have never successfully changed a habit on a particular day. Like I I have never gone okay, January one, I'm done smoking crystal meth. Right, I did not stop smoking crystal meth until one morning I woke up and said, "I'm not going to do it anymore." And it was just some random Tuesday or whatever. Never smoked crystal meth. for legal for legal re- for legal reasons. That is a joke. Uh, no, like I've never changed my habits on like a due date. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I think that's you. I think some people do. I, I don't know that many New Year's resolutions stick. I don't even know. As a goal-driven person, I don't know that I probably have stuck to any. I don't. I mean, I I know what you're saying. Like, I know when I started working out was in February one time. Yeah. It wasn't a goal I set. It right. was just something that happened, and then I built a habit around that. That and it happened. It does make sort of sense in business though, because that's when budgets sort of reset. And that's you true. know, there's a there's a line our government draws, you know, for taxes at a particular point in time, right? depending on what your fiscal year looks like with the business. And most businesses are going to be in a calendar year. Um, so uh, there's some of that, so budgets kick in. Uh, but for as far as strategic planning goes, there should be no calendar drive for that. That should be a, a goal set to happen, right? and then it starts to get implemented right away. Yeah. And for the love of God, don't just spend all your money in January for the year. Like, <laughs> right. This is very popular with government budgets. It's like it all kicks in, we're going to buy everything, and then we're going to spend a year rolling it out. Well, don't do that. 
because you don't know where you're going to be at the end of the year. You'd be better off buying something at the end of the year. <laughs> right. Um, when, but because you could probably get some better deals and, yeah. uh, and all kinds of things. But there, there is that arbitrary, I'm going to stop this on this date. I'm going to change it all. Right. All, all habits that are changed in bulk never change. Yeah, Me- meaning that you got to change one thing at a time. I, yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's kind of what I'm stopping driving. smoking. I'm losing weight. Right. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to stop beating my wife. Okay, well let's just pick one. <laughs> stop the wife beating. I think that that would be my number one. Um, yeah, and 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 I definitely know that that's mentally that's how I am. Like, you know, we've been doing this fitness thing. Um, you know, it started with. For me, it started with just going to the gym um, and then sort of slowly changes in other areas of my, like, you know, I'm not going full on diet yet or, you know, uh, I don't want to say diet, like nutrition change. change. Like that couldn't happen for me overnight because I, like, I know the way Adam Slater's brain works and what would happen is that one night I would just go F it and 30 minutes later there's both pizza and Chinese food in my apartment at this you know what I mean like it would just be an ice cream like like it would just all happen at once so like for me it has to be a slow if you hear some of the things I've said some of the posts I've made some of the comments I made like the first week I was telling people just go to the gym don't change a single thing about what you eat this week just go to the gym yeah. Eventually, you may change some of the some of the nutrition habits. May may plant a seed change, and you may stop buying this one product for another. And hopefully, yeah. that grows into something more. Don't rip out everything. Don't change it all. It'll be your fail. Yeah, and your health won't benefit at all. Um, and like with working out, I think it's a building process. I think you have to say, yeah. I'm going to start going three days a week, and then maybe that three becomes five. And then um, with if you're going to try to make it more relevant, if you're going to try to build out a more secure infrastructure, if you're going to implement changes and in policies inside of a business, start small. Do something small in concentric circles. Work your way out. Do it by team yeah. until you've completed something. Don't be in a rush. Take your time. Make sure you get it right. The most important things you ever work on are not task items that you can check off quickly and easily. You know, you can't get up today and say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be a good husband and check I didn't I didn't do anything wrong today. And it's, but it's not over. It's a continual right. process. So slow down, do it right, build in the right habits to be a good husband or to be a good steward of the cybersecurity infrastructure inside the business. Mm-hmm. Do it over a longer period of time, but be consistent with it. Then eventually, you will either you will be in shape if you do that with working out. You will be healthy if you do that with eating, and you will be secure if you do that with your cybersecurity position. And it'll just be expected. Yeah, we have these controls. They, you yeah. know, sometimes we have an issue, but it does keep us safe. And yeah, our passwords yeah. got stolen, but big deal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we had MFA in place, so we'll change to do the password reset, but we don't have to. Th- have a have a worry here because that computer was locked down. Right, right, and and I think that that's always you know. That's always the thing is that. Having, something in place is always better than having nothing in place, and, um, I'm not advocating for this, but I heard someone say, uh, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing half-assed. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. 
So the logic is okay. You should you should you. Let's suppose you're you're supposed to run a mile every day, and one day you wake up and you feel like crap. You don't want to do it, but you get out there and you run half a mile. That's yeah. better than nothing. That's better than not running at all. And so like and it's sort of what what we're saying. I think what we're what we're both saying is that building up to something just takes time and it takes planning and it takes you know it like you said those little those baby steps those and and like we were talking about the other week with um or in the other episode with the security pyramid and and just the the basic building blocks you know you got to just start there and just do these little things and then over time it just gets easier and easier and easier you know, we spend a lot of time when we're selling products and dealing with the vendors on behalf of the customers. And, you know, they always want to know how many seats or how many licenses or how, you know, what size firewall. or Yeah. And it's always like, well, yeah, I mean, they're a big company, but right now they need 10. So give them the price as if they were the big company. Right. And then right. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. And they're like, you know, well, let's try to get them all now. Well, you're missing the burden that that's going to put on their team. They right. can't do it. So if you want anything right now, you're getting 10. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll call the next guy who will give me 10. <laughs> or I'll keep calling until I find somebody. Because right now, they just need to start here. Right. And I need, I need vendors to hear that and say, okay, well, we need to be better about being patient. Because you will win the race if you're patient, if you're consistent. Yeah. Or your product's going to suck, and you don't have to do a massive return and explain to your boss why you lost that deal. But you got to go right. in a controlled pace. I always say crawl, walk, run. And that is definitely true when it comes to security. Just go slower and be more consistent. Don't treat people like task items. Don't treat people like to-dos. And don't treat security like a task or to-do. It is a process. It is yeah. a strategy that needs to get built in. You should probably change your antivirus if you haven't in a while. Everybody should. You shouldn't stick with the same old one, no matter which one you're on. Yeah. Um, you should you should build in a process. I heard somebody recently say they change it every three years. It's a pretty good process. Just to go ahead and just rotate out yeah. vendors and software, just to continue to get fresh opinions and everything. And the world changes. Yeah. Um, I always say life's too short to buy the same car twice. You know, you just <laughs> I may love my car, but I like to see what else, what other options are on the market. Right. And that doesn't mean I'm disloyal to my car manufacturer. We don't really have a relationship. I can't be loyal, <laughs> disloyal, because they're not loyal to me. <laughs> they still charge me when I need brakes. <laughs> right. Someone else too. Right. <laughs> I thought I was your only client. <laughs> <laughs> your only customer. I bought a car from you five years ago. <laughs> I did everything. I came here for every recall. But no, I, you're right. Like it's, you know, um, brand loyalty is, is something that we can definitely go in depth on in, in a much greater detail and, and would probably need its own episode. But um, yeah, like rotating. Providers you should be loyal to. People who know your business inside and right. out, you have tremendous benefits. But that provider shouldn't wear a label or a shirt. Right. And you don't want to be, be loyal to the manufacturers because they are not acting in your best interest. They're acting in their best interest. Yeah. In most cases. There are a few exceptions out there, but in most cases. So my point, my, t- my key takeaway is what, no matter what your security initiative is, if it's a big apple to eat, let's cut it down, let's break it apart, yep. and let's eat it in smaller chunks. And work with a provider that can get you the aggressive pricing you need, but as, in smaller chunks and as you need it. 
and yeah. then roll it out consistently. And so maybe it takes you a year, um, but at least you're moving in that right in in that right way. Absolutely, absolutely. And never ever do a laptop PC server rollout um, without analyzing, okay, are we going to change out any security software? Do I have all the tools I need on these laptops from the get-go? Yeah. And then you can, if you do, if it's great. If you don't, let's get that plan in place. Let's have a strategy and then roll out the laptops. Yeah. I agree. I, agree. I know back in March, everyone had a strategy and slowly progressed through rolling out laptops and everything. <laughs> and <there's, laughs> So this isn't this isn't a big this isn't a big concern out there for many people. <laughs> well, but I think that I think that the you know I think that COVID nineteen was like a really good example of why long term strategies being in place is a good thing. If you had a consistent strategy in place, you weren't caught off guard. We you know our office we quarantined for a couple of months. I remember. Yeah, we were all work from home. For no, we all lived here. Um, we lived in the office. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a shitty reality television show. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> a bubble. Nobody's leaving. Families are at home. Um, Where do you think the NBA got the idea from? <laughs> they got it from us. Our reality show, The Firewall. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't a huge issue for us. Like, we're all already on laptops. We all already have MFA. We have endpoint protection. It wasn't a huge, uh, I guess, shock to the system, I, I think would be the way to put it. It wasn't this like, oh, no, now we, you know, we've got to completely change our infrastructure. And I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, I am not casting dispersions on anyone that had... Um, struggles at all i totally get it but you know we just we were prepped we had all these pieces yeah. in place so but i think that's going to do it for us today uh thank you all for joining us tune in next week and we will tell you what happened to jfk and uh as always you can reach us via email at podcast at jscmgroup.com i actually do think we get an award by the way we are the only cybersecurity podcast to not talk about election hacking during an election cycle. So we, yeah, ke- this we, we, we kept it focused on business. <laughs> this, this episode will actually go up after – because, today, yeah, today is election day. So this, this episode will go up. What will the TV channels do for advertising tomorrow? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> Lay off something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it's just dead air. <laughs> I, I, my, th- I'm just so glad. I'm so ready to stop getting text messages. Somehow my phone number got out there to somebody, and I just mind it too. With somebody with a different name, Christy. <laughs> oh, really? They're, yeah, they're texting. Hey, like, Christy, hey, Christy, just make sure to vote and yeah. send me long text messages. Yes. And like what happened it, to the 140 character limit? <laughs> <laughs> the the frust one of the problem is is that it's all these different lists. So like your number gets on one list, and then that organization shares that list with other organizations, and then so like I have I have text. But you have to give per- permission for people to contact you, right? 
<laughs> do you? Do you? Um, that, was a, that was a very villainous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I have, I have typed stop more times than I can count in the past three weeks. Um, at podcast at jscmgroup.com. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time.